Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. Today, I'm going to be joined by Joshua. He wanted to come on and talk about his 6.4 Power Stroke, and I always love chatting about those trucks and learning more about how he got it, the build process. It's turned into a really cool truck, so he's going to walk us through the process of buying it, fixing some things, how he upgraded it, and some plans that he has for the future at the racetrack. So it's going to be really cool. He also is one of the co-founders of Texas Truck Jam. So it's going to be cool to chat with him about that as well and seeing how that event has grown and become this regional, even national event that a lot of companies and racers and just diesel enthusiasts like to go check out. Before we get to it, though, I want to remind you guys you can save 20% off at kershaw.kiausa.com. Use code diesel20. You get 20% off site-wide. also want to encourage you guys to jump on our Discord. You're going to see a link on the screen. It's a great place to be able to chat with us, learn about truck builds, ask us questions, Questions. Um, you know, there's so many cool things and and builds and and just ideas for episodes that I get there. So it's a great place, completely free to join. Invite you to head on over there, join up, tell us about your truck and what your plans are for it. All right, let's get to today's episode with Joshua, learning more about his six four and Texas Truck Jam. Joshua, welcome to the Diesel Podcast. I'm excited to chat with you today about uh, diesel events, six four power strokes. You know, seeing uh, seeing what you've been up to. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you, sir. It's been a while. It's good to see you again. Yeah. Yeah. I remember we did one, uh, gosh, was it two or three years ago where we were? I think both, actually. I think we did them two years in a row. We were, or maybe we did it twice in one yeah. year. I can't remember. We were down at Truck Source Diesel and I had yeah. Chris Buhider and Corey and Ray Ross and Nathan Wheeler there. And it was a whole gang of us. Yeah. I remember you guys caught me off guard with the uh, Duramax with the 4100 in it. And, oh yeah, uh, that, I wasn't it, prepared for that. <laughs> it gets everybody off guard, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, today uh, I wanted to share with you about six fours, and it's uh, you know we've been doing some Ford episodes recently, and I see people that are in the market and they ask me, hey, what do you think of six fours? And I figure there's no better way to, than to ask somebody who's owned one and been around them a while to uh, you know chat with us about it. So tell tell me about your truck. Well, I bought my truck back in 2016. I had actually uh, totaled my F-150 um, on the way home from work one day. And I remember a buddy of mine had bought one in 2008 when they first came out. And we were working out in the oil field in West Texas. And I was like, that's the coolest diesel ever. And I had a 6.0 after that, 12 valve. And then I totaled my F-150. I was like, you know what? No better time than now to buy one. And I bought it and I thought I did a pretty good buyer's check. And I did not. Um, turns out it had blown head gaskets like three days after I purchased it. Coolant was spraying everywhere. It was overheating. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and so I took it to a shop here, uh, local to me here in central Texas. And I was like, yeah, you've got blown head gaskets. I can do it for this much. So I went back to the dealership and they were like, well, uh, sorry, you signed this little piece of paper that says as is. And I'm like, that's pretty shady, but okay, I get it. And so I went on a uh, our local little group called Texas Diesel Outlaws and was asking other people if they had 
similar situations with this particular dealership and everybody was like it's the worst around and i'm like great i had no clue about this <laughs> was there and uh now, could there have been ahead. something when you were looking at the truck that you could have picked up on that before you bought it uh yeah there was a tall tale sign um i think i mean when i got it three days later i had I mean, I opened up the degas bottle. I'm searching this thing top to bottom. I'm looking for white stains on the hood to see if coolant had been spewing out. And they did a very good job of detailing and masking every little thing that I could look at. Um, other than just taking it somewhere and having them done a buyer's check on it, pressurizing the system, um, reading the PSI out the degas bottle and see where where that's fluctuating at. I know these six fours like to be around 15, 16 area. And this thing had a 21 PSI six, seven cap on it. And it was still spraying out of that. So fun times. <laughs> now, when you, when you were going to get that fixed, like, did you, did you think of maybe some other upgrades that you could do while you were in there to help with it? Or what was your plan on that side? Honestly, I just needed to get it back running at the time. I was a single dad. I've had sole custody of my uh, now 15-year-old for 13 years. And so it, it was just he and I. I was not making a whole lot of money back then, just kind of skating by. But uh, So I kind of did the bare minimum. I did the studs, and we got uh, O-ringed heads and new oil cooler. I mean, we did it the right way. Uh, but I wish I could have gone somewhere a little bit more proficient with them than this first stop I made. Cause I probably would have gotten a little bit better bang for my buck if I would have researched a little bit more, but I was, you know, in a need, didn't have a spare car and was like, dude, I don't care. Just get it going. Yeah. It just needs to get running again mm -hmm. with um, where it was from that point. How did the, the build or the modifications change? Like, did you just daily drive it for a few years or did you have a particular plan in mind of this is where I want to take it and I'm going to do it in these steps to, to reach that goal? Uh, I still daily drive it every once in a while, to be honest with you, even the way it sits now. But um, my turns out what ended up becoming one of my very best friends, uh, Nathan Wheeler. I mean, he had a 6.4 with BD turbos on it and a dual fueler. And I'm like, dude, that's the direction <laughs> I want to go. This guy's out here just demolishing everything on the streets here in town. Uh, we've got a little local list scene that we race with and and i mean he was like number one number two constantly i was like yes i need that <laughs> and here we are five six years later now faster than what his was back then <laughs> there's always that one friend who inspires us to uh kind of upgrade our build or go a little bit quicker with it just so we're a little bit faster you know Oh, we're horrible influences on each other. Let me tell you. <laughs> so how does the truck sit now? What, what, uh, what have you done to it, uh, to get it to the level that it's at? Well, so the short block now is actually Nathan's old short block out of uh, a truck that he had built and wrecked. And it's got your standard male pistons that TSD had delipped and fly cut and they sent off to Polydyne to have coated. Uh, it's got stock rods. It's 20 over bore. It's got cash choke ported heads with 120 pound valves. Um, Charlie fish. I reached out to him. We're running his 75 uh, low pressure on there with a BD 59 uh, as well as a dual fueler kit and some SNS sixties with all the supporting stuff, studs and fast 260 and, and everything it put down 
right at 900 on the dot. It was actually 900.12. So I was kind of excited to see that. I <laughs> always remember um, our dyno numbers, even down to the, uh, the decimal point. Oh yeah, man. And when we put this together, I was like, there's no way it's going to make this much, but if it does, I'm going to be shitting like facial, facial <laughs> grins. And, and I ran around and it said it, I was like, Oh yeah. <laughs> My son got a pretty cool video of it. <laughs> Is, and then uh, we decided to put nitrous on it the weekend after two weeks after it got off the dyno. So <laughs> I was just going to ask you that if you fed it some nitrous. Uh, we did, uh, nitrous outlet, our good friends up in Waco, Texas, uh, reached out to them and they got us a single dry kit, um, that we were running on a button on the steering wheel and it's got a 52 jet in there right now. I really couldn't tell you what it's going to run all the way out because we went to ice cream cruise in Iowa, uh, last weekend, uh, the 1320 video race. And I ran the 750 index class. And I was having to get on the brakes hard about 600 foot because you could just feel that it was going way too fast. Um, and it ran the 754 on the number. So, you know, guessed right on the braking at the end. <laughs> I always love chatting about transmissions. What did you do on that setup like with your converter, your stall speed? Is it still running a 5R or did you switch to something else or? Uh, it's still a 5R for right now. Eventually, probably switch over to the 4R, maybe end of next year. Um, it's got a Garand uh, triple disc converter in there right now, and I could not tell you the stall speed right off the top of my head. Other than that, it's got a shift kit and some Rebestus clutches and basically a stock transmission outside of that. I'm kind of floating floating with daredevil over here <laughs> boost launching this thing essentially a stock trans but i've got a suncoast 5r billet 5r ready to stab in it for when this one goes it's always really been impressive to me how much ford transmissions can take especially the 5r and the 6r140 just with relatively minimal upgrades they can take a beating pretty good yes i've got a local guy here to me about 20 minutes from my house uh uh, galaxy trans and liberty hill and this guy's just a master with them i can pull that thing out once a year run it over to him he tears it apart refreshes it replaces the clutches anything that goes wrong with it throws it back together and i have it stabbed back in the truck within two to three days it's good so that's been a huge help what would you tell somebody if they were thinking you know they're a ford fan they're looking at buying a used diesel i guess i should say maybe something to daily drive take to the track every now and then and have fun with so it's not necessarily going to be a competition only full race build but if they're out there looking for that 08 to 10 64 what are some tips you would give them that you've learned like when you were shopping for one that but then also in doing some upgrades along the way to be able to you know build it to make a little bit more power um proper tuning and critical maintenance like I, I'm religious about maintenance. I, I change my oil every 3,500 miles, just like it would be a gas car. For me, it's just peace of mind. I don't care. Um, I run hot shots EDT every single tank. When I change my fuel filters out, I'm throwing a bottle of their diesel extreme in. Anything that I can help keep that K16 working properly, you're going to be just fine. Um, little things that I noticed along the path was just the smallest little things like a little cold side intercooler pipe made the biggest difference in throttle response with this thing, because as it comes through the core support, the factory one, like pancakes in yeah. basically like this. And it just, it's so restrictive that alone. I was just like, Oh, Hey, 
you know, this has compounds. Now you can actually utilize the compounds to get out of that situation you need to be in. And driving around down here in Austin, Texas, you, you want some good throttle response. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. I remember when those trucks were relatively new and seeing that pipe and how flat it got, it's like, oh, there's so much room for improvement. And, and we want to know, you know, if we do an upgrade, it's also like so reaffirming when you can feel the difference right away, which I know with turbos and fueling, you know, injectors, you always notice that difference, but just with something like a charge pipe, being able to fill, it's like, that was totally worth, you know, buying and putting yes. on my truck. Mm -hmm. And I was, you know, I just went, I went and got the sinister one just because I like the pretty blue to go with my truck. And I really don't care. I'm not a brand specific loyal person. I don't care bad rumors or good rumors as long as it does its job and it looks the way I want it to look at. Okay. It's going on there. The maintenance part is something that it's not as fun to do. <clears throat> it's not as cool as like you pop the hood, your buddies are around. You're like, Hey, check out this new you know, charger I got, or check out this mm -hmm. dual fueler, but it plays such a crucial role. And I think like the way you're pushing your truck, you, know, you mentioned the transmission and just trying to do everything you can to keep those parts living is really important because it can be expensive. You know, if, if an injection pump goes down, where's that metal going? Where are those, you know, where's, where's the debris going to hit? And it just, it snowballs. So I know it's not as fun to do, but there's a lot of choices out there with fuel additives, oils, transmission fluid, gear fluids. There's just so many choices. Yep. Yep. And before I really learned about being that religious with it, I mean, I had cracked my pistons. I was down in San Antonio raceway. Uh, it was a Friday night test and tune. There's this Ferrari running around thinking he was hot. And I was just like, well, I'm a truck. I don't know if I'm hot or not, but I'll give you a run. And about a thousand where, well, I guess we were about 1100 foot down the track. And all of a sudden I heard a loud pop and I looked back and I just saw white smoke and I was about a car in front of this guy. And I'm just like, I'm not letting out at this point. I'm going to cross that quarter mile ahead of this guy. And I stayed in it. And as soon as I crossed that quarter mile, popped it up in neutral and just killed it and coasted down to the side and had to have uh, actually Larry Brown uh, come save me in his uh, aluminum flatbed Dodge Cummins that whoops everybody's butt <laughs> and he still doesn't let me live that down that his Cummins had to come pull my Ford off the track. <laughs> well, it goes the opposite way too. I mean, it, I think it's happened with all the brands. There's always something mm -hmm. doing something. <laughs> oh yeah. But it was that moment alone. Cause I was like, Oh, Oh, that was four and a half years ago. And I had no money to fix it. I shouldn't have been racing it. And I knew that, but I was, it was fun, whatever. So it sat for about six months before uh, I threw a bunch of money at it and truck source diesel pulled the motor and went through it and did their whole tweaks and learns that they've done with these. Cause they, they know how to build those things very well. And uh, it ended up costing me about 17 grand, but we went ahead and did bigger injectors while we were in there and, and all the little upgrades. And I took my time and at that point and was like, we're going to do this. We're going to do it right. Would you say that that was one of the most helpful things in that process was having a shop that you knew that had done this before and being able to lean on them and say, hey, what should I do, guys? I got this apart right now. And just being able to trust them versus, you know, trying to piece the information together. It can be done, but it can also be very difficult where, yeah, I wanted to know more about kind of that relationship with the shop and how they helped you through the process to maximize your money, maximize your budget and make sure it was, you know, a quality product that, you know, you're happy with, you're still driving it and it's lasted for you. Well, they knew that I was going to be out beating on it. 
And so they were like, if you're going to continue driving with your driving habits, this is what you need to do, A, B, and C. These are the options that we can lay out. Um, and they they told me from the get-go, if you're if this is going to be your end goal, take an extra few months, save up some money, and do it. Cry, buy once, cry once. Isn't that the old saying? Yeah. <laughs> um, I told myself I've that cried a, a few times. <laughs> yeah, I've cried a few times, but uh, it's all self-induced. <laughs> I hear a lot of people talking very badly about these motors, but I mean, I know guys out there that still original motor and they're pushing three, 400,000 miles on them and they grandpa them, they drive them and maintenance them and they're not out pushing the limits on them. I am. And so you break things occasionally. If you were going to sell me on getting a 6.4, what would be the selling points you would tell me when I'm out there looking and there's, you know, a 6.0, there's, you know, 5.9, maybe an LBZ, something like that. What would you, what would you say are the, the parts about it that you really like that I should pay attention to if I'm in the market to have fun with a truck and I'm out there looking? Well, once you drive one for the first time, you you kind of understand. Like just sitting behind the wheel and driving this thing and, and just whether it's through town on a road trip, it gets decent fuel economy when it's got the uh, other stuff taken off of it. Um, I know that's a sensitive subject right now, but uh, it, it and your overall the cost to repair them isn't that bad. So if you if you want to look at other stuff, I mean, there's a lot of manufacturers out there that are discontinuing, discontinuing a lot of parts you can't get aftermarket stuff right now with the way the economy is and, and manufacturing, there's still a bunch of six, four stuff out there everywhere. And so for me, that was a big thing. I knew a bunch of people in the world. I see used parts trucks for sale or, Hey, I wrecked this. I'll sell it. For me, that was a big thing because I'm a, I'm a garage mechanic. I'll try and do as much as I can myself until it comes down to building a motor. Cause I'm no motor expert, so I'm not going to even try. <laughs> But, you know, it, if you're not brand loyal, I think out of all of them, and I own a 672, I have a 2018. I do drive, drive that daily just because it's so much more comfortable inside of it, riding around in a truck eight, nine hours a day with what I do for a living. But um, I still prefer my 6.4 over my brand new truck. Is it how the power comes on? Is it the response? Is mm -hmm. it? Because that's one of it's the things. Instant. Yeah, that was one of the things that I think we all notice when we jump in a truck, like you mentioned having a 12 valve. And I think when I've driven a 5.9, either 12 valve or the common rails are a little quicker, but I noticed a bit more lag than say a 6.7 Cummins. I noticed how quick, you know, a Duramax gets on top of, you know, just a factory style charger or something close to it. And so that's what I was really curious about because I've ridden in a 6.4, I've never driven one though. And so I was always really curious, like, what is the driving experience like? Because that's what I'm going to experience every single day driving it, you know, mm -hmm. to or from the office or on road trips and things like that. I, I honestly don't see why everybody wants to single swap them unless you're going full blown race truck. If you're out daily driving this thing, to me, compounds are the only way to go with that motor because I'm in and out of traffic. I'm on highways all day. I own a towing company. So I'm in and out of apartment complexes all day with my truck, talking to property managers and, and getting where I need to go. And with the traffic here, being able to just punch the gas a little bit and jump over and get around somebody if I need to, it's there. And I never have to question it. My six, seven is very responsive for what it is, but it's still not my six, four. 
Yeah, I think that was one of the things when those trucks first came out that was really interested me was the turbo setup on them and how much you could get out of the factory parts with just a tune really and a few other little things. And then once you get into the aftermarket and the different choices you have for for cartridges and turbos and things like that, it's just, you know, if you have a Cummins, you're you're going to want to buy a compound set and you know this truck has it and there's they've been around long enough from the factory yeah yeah so it's like um you know you just have a little bit more to play with you know just quicker yep. i think i think if you take any platform out there and do pretty much a stock delete tune cold air intake truck on all the manufacturers across all the platforms and you were to average them out with fuel mileage drivability, comfortability, and power-wise, the 6.4, is, in my opinion, is going to win every time. Yeah, they. Uh, that was, a. I think, the thing that stuck out the most about them was just, you know, especially at that time, if you had a 6.7 Cummins and you wanted to make that power number, you couldn't just do it with a tune. And even with the 5.9s, you'd have to do other things and invest some more money. And then you combine it with the 5R and what they could do without really having to dig into them very much. It's very much a, I think, a budget-friendly kind of, you know, daily driver, take it to the the track every now and then. It's really tough to beat that. And then hook up and be able to tow a nice trailer up a hill without, you know, winging out RPMs or getting under boost, you know, over-speeding your turbos and stuff. I, to me, it's a, it's a lot better. I love that grill style and the fenders and when they changed them in 2011, it just, it, I it just wasn't could, the same. Uh, no, I couldn't, I couldn't like it as much. Just visually as 11 to, you know, 16s, it was just like, I can't get into the body style as much. <laughs> it took me a long time on the 17 and newers, but at the end of the day, I needed something that wasn't going to be as sporty to drive around and not be worried about letting it idle and run for eight hours a day. I mean, my truck literally from the time I leave the house at eight o'clock in the morning, it does not turn off until I stop for lunch or until I get home in the evening. So I don't want to be sitting there idling a, a truck with 2000 microseconds worth of fuel in it <laughs> for eight hours. That's just not very good. Now, do you, in the future, are you thinking of doing, changing the setup at all or, or adding you know, something or just drive it the way it is until either something breaks, you got to repair something or, What's your plan? No, it's uh, so this current setup has been on there for maybe two months. And uh, I've already been in talks with Chris Buhider down at Truck Source. We're going to be tearing it back down this winter, gutting it, cutting, trying to, we're going to try and cut about a thousand pounds out of it, put a cage in it, and run it in 670 next year. That'll be fun. Um, maybe go up to 100% over injector. Um, We'll see. We'll see if it needs it after we cut the weight out and play with the nitrous a little bit and see if we can't get it to run that on the 60s. But if it needs the hundreds, we're going to throw them at it. You going to keep the same turbo setup, or maybe consider that single for? for no, we'll keep the same. We'll keep the turbo setup because I still want to be able to drive this to and from uh, the Mexico stuff that we do <laughs> here locally. Yeah. Um, it just won't, won't be as street friendly, but we'll get it there. <laughs> and uh, are you going to throw the trans in this winter too? The Suncoast? Uh, yes. Yes. 
Yes, definitely get that in there because, and we'll all keep probably end up keeping this one and having it as a spare or backup in case something ever does happen. On the suspension side, do you have plans for that this winter to change up suspension? Um, depends on what's left in the piggy bank after some of the things I want to do, but I'd like to get some coilovers right now. It's just got some Bilstein 5100s. It's got one up off road track bars and a PMF four link up front. Um, and it seems to do pretty well. There's the wheel hop that I do get occasionally is mainly from running a Neto 420B, the 10, 12 ply tire. That's not very friendly on the drag strip, but, um, I'm trying to find some race masters right now to help with that but um would definitely like to get some qa1 coilovers on there this winter if i can swing the extra few bucks it's gonna be it's gonna be cool to see uh you know next year when you take it out what it uh you know what it does and you know just to hear the, the feedback from it it's always cool to do a podcast and, you know we chat about where the truck was where it is now and then everyone's changing something up in the winter time, getting ready for next year and just being able to see, Hey, this was really worth it. Or I want more fuel or I'm changing the air up a little bit, or I love what the suspension did. So it's always cool to be able to follow these builds and see, see how they progress and, and give those real results, whether it's on the dyno or it's at the track, the clash you're running the 60 foot time. It's always really cool to see that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Who knows? Maybe do a crazy rap like we did on crazy horse. You never know. <laughs> Nathan's been bugging me about doing a wrap on there and one, maybe we will. I just love that blue so much. It's one of my favorite colors. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it is a really cool color. I did, I did want to ask you as we're chatting about, you know, the winter time and racing and stuff like that is you're one of the co-founders of Texas truck jam. And I remember, I am. you know, chatting about it years ago when you guys were just starting it. And then, you know, like this year, like how big it was, how much you guys have grown it. So I wanted to ask you about that a little bit and see, you know, what are, um, what are your thoughts about building something that is this big? Like I see people from all over the country and companies coming from all over to go to, to Texas to this event. And that's, that's a lot of hard work to, to grow something into that. Oh yeah. We had a guy drive down. So this year we, Corey and I came up with a, with as expensive as fuel prices were this year, we wanted to do something to give people the motivation, still want to spend that money and come down to the event. So if you drove further than 500 miles to our event, you got a free tech card to any class you wanted on Saturday, whether it be show and shine, uh, dyno competition, any one of the six drag, five drag classes that we do on, on Saturday. Uh, and we had a guy drive, drive his truck down from Idaho, just to enter a show and shine. And I was just like, you are a trooper <laughs> young kid. Um, I wish I would have planned a little bit better. I could have told you his name, but, um, we ended up hooking him up with some shirts and TSD, uh, love the fact that he drove that far. So I think they threw him a free cold air intake you know, just for making the trip down to Texas. Uh, the event, as far as our competitors go, has just skyrocketed astronomically. Um, we threw in a no prep last year on Friday night where we went to the top end of the track at the, where the quarter mile ends, and we did an eighth mile street street style race, flashlight start on the top end, and that was, everybody loved it, so we did it again this year, and then we had decided to include gas cars. We were like, you know, anything can run in this. We don't care if you're a diesel truck, gas truck, Monte Carlo, Mustang, fire. I don't care. Come up, show up, throw your money down. Let's see who's the fastest on a true virgin, no prep surface. Because 
I'm the only person that's ever thrown one up there except for Angel Montanez with 210. He does a lot of no prep racing in South Texas, but that was like four years ago. So there's no rubber down up there. Ryan Mitchell actually from KC Max was at LS Fest, which just happened to be the same weekend as our event, which really kind of aggravated me. But, you know, <laughs> anyways, um, he left uh ls best and hauled butt after winning big tire there down to our our event got there like 15 minutes before driver's meeting and then proceeded to win big tire and small tire at my at our no prep event that Corey and i threw so that was really cool and then he went back to ls best the next day and won big tire again i'm like oh my gosh <laughs> this guy just won four classes over a 24 to 48 hour period of time um but you know so that people just that I feel like that's the way racing's going. And right now, I mean, I don't know if you've been keeping up in the racing world. It's hard to find prep. A lot of these tracks can't even find glue to spray down, you know? So I'm in the works of planning another no prep top end race up there, hopefully later this year with the track, but um, the, the dinos definitely grown. I mean, Oh my gosh, those guys went from time the gate opened till we literally shut the lights off on them at like midnight, one o'clock in the morning it was like, okay, y'all got to, we're cutting into, we're running, we've run out of our expenses that it cost us to run the track. So we literally have to shut you guys down. And I'd guarantee you they dynoed, I think they said 60, 70 trucks that day. Yeah, right next to the drag strip. We set it up just like UCC did. So that way people can watch the dyno and the drag racing at the same time. It's been, uh, it's really cool to see something grow like that because one of the things that uh, I remember from 2020 and when all events were shut down was just how crucial it is. Not even, I mean, it is crucial on a local level, but like you mentioned, people coming from out of state. And I know sometimes people come from Canada and then they come to races down here and just being able to have that face-to-face -face contact and see the trucks and watch it we really missed it. So it's been nice to have it back and see, see the growth of it and the popularity. And I know specifically in that region, like somebody asked me once, Hey, where do you guys get the most plays from? And it's really close between Texas and California. And there's so many truck guys there. There's so many diesel owners there. It's really awesome to see the event that you guys have built where people there can go enjoy trucks, check out the show and shine, watch racing, dyno, just see these things that they love in such a popular area for, for, like I said, trucks, but then also, you know, diesel trucks. Yes. And it was very, it was a sad day when, when Mr. Randy Cole announced that they were going to be retiring and kind of parting the doors with NHRDA. Cause I mean, that was me and all my friends down here. That's, I mean, that was twice a year that we planned our vacation time with work around those events, you know, cause uh, and we would get huge campers and we'd set up big compounds at the track and it was just a big party, you know, yeah. and especially coming out of COVID, you know, we still had our event through COVID uh, numbers were down, you know, obviously because uh, people were either scared of getting out or they were refusing to wear a mask, which we, I wasn't going to tell a single person to put one on, but you know, um, and I think now people are just itching to get back out because yeah. it's, you know, as you saw today, the CDC says it's no longer a thing anymore. You know, like you don't have to quarantine anymore, whatever. I don't think much of us down here in Texas ever did to begin with, but. Yeah, it's, uh, I think it's that, uh, it's, we had so much time to sit around and think about builds and watch videos and 
read things or listen to podcasts and we got all these ideas and it's been, you know, I did a podcast not long ago um, with a gentleman with a 6.4 and he was talking about building his truck during that time and right after and having to wait for parts because of lead times and things like that. So I sense there's a lot of urgency and excitement about getting out there and just doing these things because we got to sit around and wait for it or we're waiting for parts or manufacturing or all the different things with supply chain and it's it's cool to see these builds come together and and i did want to mention you know just how awesome it's been to see you guys grow this from when you guys first started till now and it's something that's on the map nationally where like i said i see companies that are on the podcast they're going there they're sending people down there and i i think it's testament to you know you guys that started it and the vision you had for it so that's uh i think it's really cool for diesel i think it really helps it 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 does and you know when you get guys like us and then michael dalton with rlc motorsports you know he hosts the rocky top race uh and you know obviously the millers up at Firepunk with the odr and and dan scheid and all these guys you know none of us do this for money you know, we're, we're doing this because we love the sport. We want it to be a safe environment and we want everybody to have fun. You know, I mean, there's a lot that goes into putting one of these events on, you know, and it's, and it's a lot of money, you know, I mean, on average, on an average year, Corey and I spend, you know, it cost us by the time this year we gave out, we advertised $8,000 in payouts and we actually doubled that. Uh, we gave out just shy of $16,000 across all classes this year. Um, you know, so you incorporate that with your track rental and Texas Motor Plus is extremely expensive for two days. Um, you know, your shirts, your tickets, your trophies, actually. Here's a, I think this is one from this year. Yes, this was a leftover one from this year that we had. So I remember well, seeing those on Instagram and I was like, those are so cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. And this this was from, uh, oh, God, I think uh, 2021, uh, where we ended up just not having a pro mod class that year, but we still made the trophy. And I was like, I'm keeping it because I've never won a trophy at my own event. So I'm keeping the one that we didn't <laughs> do the class for. Um, but, you know, I mean, golly, between all... I mean, it costs almost forty-five, fifty thousand dollars to host one of these events, and by the time you get the dyno and the generator for the dyno, if the track doesn't have a hookup for it, you know, it's three phase. And so, we're doing it for the fun. For me, it doesn't matter one way or another if we walk out of there with ten dollars or making a bunch of money. As long as everybody had fun, everybody was safe, and we put a bunch of money in people's hands to go home as winners with. I I think that's the greatest thing anybody looking to throw events can can shoot for and that's how you'll be successful and i think also too building those relationships with sponsors and companies and and racers who support the event is also crucial you know as well to get uh get the support because like you said it's not about making the money it's about really creating that environment for people so i didn't want to put you on Mm -hmm. the spot of you know naming all of them but um, I do know how important that is. So if you want to you know, thank some places that have been helpful to you guys in doing this, you're more than welcome to. I know that uh, at Diesel Enthusiasts, we're all really passionate. We like to support those who support our events or our shows or anything like that. So um, you always like to give that give that opportunity. Well, if- luckily, we're sitting in front of my good computer. That, <laughs> oh, that's not the wrong file. I say that and then all of a sudden I pull up the wrong file, the Excel file. Um Man, this year was insane. We had, God, I've, 
we had a bunch of people jumping on board this year that just, you know, ATS diesel DPI off-road, um, off-road Vixens. She's a women's off-road clothing line. Wanted to come out and set up a booth. Huge hit because we were on Father's Day weekend this year. And so all the fathers brought their wives and they spent a bunch of money over there with her. Um, Alex Knoll over at Summit Diesel. He's been supporting us for since day one. And they're just outside of Weatherford, Texas. BD Diesel, they've been there from with us since day one. Very first event we threw and they've maintained that every single year. Hot Shots, Kyle huge thankful to him he's always taking care of both truck jam and then crazy horse as well anytime we're out and about at races and he's there and we have a transmission issue and we're swapping out a 4r and we're like oh crud we didn't bring any fluid kyle's right there with it hey dude i got you throw some of this in there um justin miller over at miller built came on board this year nitrous outlet was our title sponsor those guys up in waco um if y'all ever need nitrous stuff they're some of the best around, in my opinion. Um, Super stick transmissions, Cody Albright. He's right here local to me. Actually, he lives about 30 minutes from me. You know, they built some really awesome units. Uh, Crazy Horse Carpentry, Monarch Diesel, Redemption Diesel. Uh, they're up in East Texas on the Arkansas border. Dan Valance over at Valor Clutches. Uh, Abilene Diesel Performance, Dudes Diesel Performance. He's actually about 20 minutes from me here in Taylor, Texas as well. Uh, Revival Diesel out in West Texas, Jake Brown at the stroke, the stroke shop out of Odessa, and then uh, Jeremy Wamsley as well. That guy's been there with us since day one, and he just announced they're having a baby. So congrats to him and Allison. Uh, look forward to always working with these guys. And then Wade Mettner with uh, Triple Max, uh, UCC competitor. He lives about 20 minutes from the track. So when I told – and he gets his truck built and tuned and and dealt with by tsd so anytime i tell him hey we're throwing an event there he's like oh can i contribute <laughs> it's right down the street from my house i'm like yes we will happily let you on board sir um so you know we wouldn't be anywhere without all these guys and and it takes a team to run this and you know these guys are all part of our our team that's helped contribute to the diesel racing industry and the show industry and the the quality of workmanship here in texas and i couldn't appreciate all these guys any more than we do now, for anybody listening, they're like, hey, I want to check out Joshua's truck, see what he's doing, or I want to learn more about this event, or it's a shop listening, or a company out there, and they're like, hey, I want to be a part of this. Where can people find you guys on uh, like Instagram, Facebook, um, be able to ask questions, or just see what you guys are doing? Uh, so we've got my personal page. You'll find us. Uh, I don't even know it. Hold on real quick. Let me pull it up. But um, I do crew chief for Team Crazy's Horse, so you can go check out our Instagram and Facebook on that bunch of big things going with his truck right now uh you can check out my instagram which is tdo underscore j cole underscore six and then follow the texas truck jam facebook and instagram page because we will be revealing our dates that we just locked down for next year a couple weeks ago so uh we're waiting on a confirmation um of a few sponsors and we're going to be announcing that here very shortly uh and i'll just say that we're finally out of the summertime I've been trying to get out of summer in Texas uh, events for several years now, and I finally have something that's not in summertime, and it's <laughs> not going to be 110 degrees outside. Uh, so uh, I'll just say that about that for right now. You'll have to wait and follow the page to see the, the actual dates revealed. Well, cool. It was it was great to chat with you, Joshua, learn more about the truck. And like I said uh, before the podcast, we get a lot of questions about 6.4s. I'm definitely no expert on them, but... 
I do know how to chat with people who own them and have built them and have the experience with it. So I like to have you guys on to, you know, share some knowledge, some insights, help somebody make a, a good decision. And um, you know, like I said a few moments ago, it's really cool to see what you guys have done with Texas Truck Jam. Look forward to following it next year and keep up the awesome work. Awesome. I appreciate it. I'm no expert by any means, but I can definitely point you to one. Uh, so anybody ever has any questions, feel free to reach out. I have no problem talking to you. Don't forget, Diesel fans, make sure and head on over to kershaw.kiausa.com. Use code DIESEL20 for 20% off site-wide. It's a great way to save some money, get something you might need for EDC, uh, something at uh, at the job site, work, home. they got tons of different choices for you. Also want to give a shout-out to some of our Patreon supporters, Wrights Diesel Services, Caleb and Tyler Lowen at 23Diesel. We appreciate their support. All of our Patreons, all the new subscribers, existing subscribers that we've had on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, you guys keep us going, keep us inspired. We love seeing what you guys are working on, answering your questions, and getting guests on to answer questions about topics that you want to know about. Until next time, keep the shiny side up.